Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the Seek Adventure podcast with your hosts, Sam and Nate. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about ice fishing basics. Nate, can you go into a little more what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, so today we're going to dive into, um, basically, if you don't ice fish and you want to get into ice fishing, what you need, uh, all the gear and good stuff like that. And then I think we're also going to talk and talk a little bit about uh, trying to find some spots out on the ice. Yeah, yeah, I think that's about what we're going to cover. So we're going to dive right in here. Uh, Nate, let's say I've never ice fished before. I want to get into it. Uh, I've, I've got a basic knowledge of fishing, but nothing ice fishing. What is the gear I need to get me started? At, let's say I'm going to go out 10, 15 times this year. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, one of the first, the first thing you're going to need is an ice auger. Um, I mean... And that's such, you know, there's so many options for ice augers out there. You can spend as little as you want, get a hand auger, or you can get a nice electric auger. Uh, electric seems to be the way the industry is turning. I run an electric auger, love it. So I would probably spend a little bit extra money and invest in one. Um, you know, they're running Strike Master, Ion. I mean, there's a few different brands that are all running four or 500 bucks, I think is what, okay. what they are. So if I went out with a, with a hand auger, and let's say it's... 10 inches ice am i gonna hate my life yeah okay so unless you're real really on a budget we're probably not gonna want a hand auger no and even so if like it's just you're still on a budget you can find so much used stuff in the ice fishing world you know looking on ebay craigslist facebook marketplace you know pretty much anywhere someone's gonna have mm-hmm. something for sale what about uh you can get is it it's propane right propane augers yeah. that you run basically what you'd run a camp stove off of yeah i think i think they're still making though those I, I know uh jiffy and eskimo both had a model um like i said the industry's starting to go to electric so i don't know if they're still being made or not but so electric that's you're basically running a, a dewalt some sort of drill battery or something like that that is an option so what i my old setup used to be used to run a Milwaukee drill on a clam drill plate, which is the drill plate is basically an adapter to put your drill on. So you still hold it like a regular auger. And then I would run a K drill eight inch bit underneath that. Um, but you can also like, you can buy bits from a bunch of different companies. The K drill that I have, Strike Master makes a few that you can put directly to your drill. Um, so that's what a lot of people are doing. I personally run the Strike Master 40 volt, which is basically, it looks like a normal ice auger. It's just electric. Mm-hmm. Um, and Strike Master, Ion, Jiffy, they all make their own version of that. Okay. All right. So we picked an auger. Maybe you can go use, like you said, or you buy a new, depending on where your budget is. Yep. What's What's the next thing that we're going to need? Warm clothes. I mean, if you're not warm out there, you're not going to have fun. Um, and that's, again, if depending on how much you're going to go is how I would dictate how much I spend. You know, you can get some cheaper snow pants or whatever, you know, get some good base layers, keep you warm if you're just going a few times a year. If you're going to be going any amount, though, I would look at investing in in some sort of ice suit. Um, I run the Ice Armor Extreme Advantage, warmest ice suit I've ever worn. I'm a freeze baby, so I want to be warm out there. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've never been cold in that, so... Some sort of ice suit, you know, if you're going to go any amount, I think is a is a must. Do you recommend getting a floating suit right away, or do you think that's something that isn't needed? Um, you could, especially if you plan on venturing early and late ice. You know, it's definitely 
helpful. I used to run a float suit. Uh, the only thing with the float suits for me that I don't like as much is they're not typically insulated as much. So like my extreme advantage isn't a float suit, but it's more insulated. Okay. Uh, let's say money's not an option and uh, you don't like being cold. Can you get an ice shack and throw a heater in there? And Yeah. I mean, and, and that all comes down to if you want to go ice fishing, how hard you want to fish too. Because I mean, for me, I love hole hopping. It's I won't, if I'm pan fishing, I don't drill less than 50 holes normally, you know, so I don't even bother bringing a shack out with me. But yeah, you can get a shack. There's so many different options. I mean, from a flip over to a hub style, um, it all, again, all depends how many people you got going, how much you want to spend and just what type, you know, what type of house you want, what type of shack mm-hmm. you want. Um, I w- for me, I'm running clam hub shelters i got two of them Uh, i got one that's like an eight by eight so you can we fish four guys out of there pretty Mm -hmm. comfortably um i am looking at adding a two-man flip over to my arsenal um just to pull behind the snowmobile and pop up it makes you a little more mobile if you do need a you know like i've fished in 20 below before and i'm not going to be sitting out on the ice Mm -hmm. without a shack then yeah but I mean, those are a couple different options. If you fish by yourself a lot, they make a ton of one-man flip-overs. Used to fi- I used to fish out of one a lot. But just my style's changed to where I personally don't like fishing out of a shack if I don't have to. Okay. So I'm assuming if you're running 50 holes, obviously we can't have 50 lines in the water. Right. Um, what are you running? A bunch of, a few tip-ups? And are you doing jigging or? So it all depends what I'm doing. If I'm pan fishing, uh, depending on what I'm doing, sometimes I'm only running just my jig rod. Like I won't have any other lines out, just me bouncing around from hole to hole jigging. Um, but otherwise, I'll put out some tip downs if we're crappie fishing or something. Like here in Wisconsin, we can run three lines. When I fish Minnesota, we can only run two, so that kind of changes the game a little bit. Um, then I'll, if I'm pan fishing, I hardly ever run a second line unless I'm in a shack. Then I'll put a bobber rod out or something. But if I'm walleye fishing, yeah, I got tip-ups out, pike fishing, definitely have tip-ups out along with jigging. And just to clarify, three lines per person. So you got two people out there, six lines. Correct. Yep. And then Minnesota um, is the other state I spend a lot of time ice fishing in. That's two lines per person. Okay. So talk about jigging pole. What would be a, a entry level um, to medium level jig pole that you would recommend for getting? Obviously, I think a pole is something you need when you're going to go ice fishing. Yeah. I mean... Again, there's so many different options. Um, you can get into a pretty entry level setup for probably 40 bucks, um, rod and reel combo. And I mean, I use a lot of clam stuff. I use clam rods and they have some more entry level stuff, you know, for that price point. And if you're going to be pan fishing, I would look at something with a spring bobber or a noodle style rod. Um, if you're going to be walleye fishing, obviously you're going to want something a little heavier, like a medium light or even a medium action and pike fishing. Personally, I don't jig a ton, but you can get away using your same walleye setup, or maybe if you're going to use bigger baits, go something a little heavier, but, uh, you can get combos so you don't have to worry about, you know, buying a rod and reel separate. Um, or you can, once you start getting to the higher end stuff, typically you're buying it separate, but okay. What, uh, so you said entry level 40 ish box, uh, let's say you're going to spend a little more get a little more spendy what is a a little bit higher level rod and reel going to cost you a rod itself is probably going to cost you like the custom rod market in the ice fishing industry is huge um so many different options on custom rods 
and those are running you 100 150 bucks nowadays um i i run clam legacy rods which is which is basically a custom rod um and i think those are running right around 100 bucks i believe uh for the rod and then for the reels i don't go anything fancy i run shimano siennas and all my stuff um and that's a 30 dollar reel so nothing crazy but you can get into 70 80 dollar reels you know shimano mm-hmm. different shimano reels and stuff so okay um so you're talking when you said fishing for pike you don't hardly use your rod at all you're doing tip ups tip downs you preference between the two or so tip downs i only use crappie fishing okay um and then tip ups for everything else if i'm pike fishing i'm usually just throwing tip ups out and sitting back you know hanging out sitting around fire whatever drinking a few beers probably bush light i would imagine yeah or some Bud Light lemonades? Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're definitely throwing a few back. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so for tip ups, brands cost. You know, if you're if you're going to be out there fishing for pike and you're going to want three in there, uh, you need three essentially. So what are you going to get in for three tip ups? So there's two tip different kinds of tip ups I use. I love my Beaver Dams, probably the best tip up made. Um, the only thing is with those, there's a little smaller spool on them. Um, so if you're fishing either deep water or if you're fishing big pike, you know, they can make big runs. So they, there's a chance, I guess they could spool you. I wouldn't really worry about it too much unless you're fishing deep water. Um, otherwise I run the clam round thermal tip ups and those have a bigger spool on them. So if I'm fishing deep water, that's what I run. Or if it's really cold out, try to keep your holes from freezing up around those. But otherwise I'm always running my uh, beaver dams. Okay. Um, and what do, what do those run? Did you say cost-wise? I think a uh, beaver dam runs right around 50 bucks, I want to say now. And I'm not sure on the clam thermal. It's nothing crazy. It's not more than the beaver dam, I know. Okay. All right. I, I'm going to backtrack a little, just thinking here. Gloves. What kind of gloves do you run? Depends. I'm uh, My hands get cold super easy, so I don't go on the ice with less than three pairs of gloves typically. And I'm running, I'll run big ice armor mitts or gloves. They're heavy, heavier ones. I forget the model, like a Renegade or something. All waterproof? Yep, all waterproof. And then uh, I also run ice armor edge gloves for, they're a little lighter, thinner. Uh, you can, that's what I'll jig with a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm, I usually bring a couple different styles as long as I have multiple pairs, just in case one gets wet, you know, for whatever reason. You're on the ice, you know, your gloves going to get wet sometime mm-hmm. throughout the season probably, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm running big, lighter, and heavier stuff and always bringing multiple pairs. Okay, all right. Um, one, jump. One, th- one thing I do want to mention, too, before I move on, probably the number one thing I have besides my ice auger is a flasher of some sort. Um, I run Vexlars. Again, like you were talking budget price, you really don't need anything more than that FL8, which is their entry entry-level model. And I think those are running 300 bucks or something, a little less than 300. Um, but I would definitely, you know, make sure you got room in your budget for a flasher. It's just because always you're fishing blind. You don't know how deep it is. You know, if there's weeds down there or not fish down there, you, you just don't know. And in my opinion, since I've been, I've been fishing with one for probably 10 years and I won't go fishing without it. So, And I think you're to the point where you're three hours from home. You remember you, for, you forgot it. What do you do? turn around and go get it okay i mean i i will not fish without it so pretty pretty important piece of equipment yeah the most important piece i mean other than your auger okay uh 
is there any other equipment that I would need to get started? I mean, obviously there's tons of equipment you can get into and yeah, we could talk all day about different stuff you can run, but I mean, if you're getting started, get an ice auger, you know, like I said, there's so many different options, but if you want to get something that's going to last you a long time, I would look at getting a good electric, get something, you know, some clothes that are going to keep you warm. Make sure you get yourself a flasher of some sort. I like the Vexlars personally. Um, and then your rods and reels, tip-ups, you know, there you don't have to go nothing crazy if you don't want to, or you can spend as much as you want, basically. And then a shack and a heater. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, relatively for, for fishing and hunting, you can get into ice fishing. I'm going to say relatively inexpensive because. Yeah. And especially like in the ice fishing world, it, in my opinion, like I've found that you can find you stuff and a lot more people willing to help you out, uh, more so than in the summer fishing or hunting side of things. So you can find, if you're on Facebook, you could get into fishing pretty cheap and find good deals on it. Everything you need. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I guess leapfrogging into finding a good lake. How do you scout or find a good lake? What do you do personally? Yeah. So I guess we'll dive into this, you know, we'll just go off of, say you just went out, bought all your stuff and it's time to figure out where you're going to go fish. Um, First, I'd figure out, you know, like your local lakes. Um, If you don't know the names of them, obviously that's a good place to start. But otherwise, I would go online. There's different forums uh, here in Wisconsin, Lake Link. Uh, You can go on there and find fishing reports and stuff. Um, Sometimes not super helpful, but, you know, you can definitely find some helpful information on there if you dig enough. Um, Facebook, Facebook just has oodles of information. Um, you might not find like specific lakes, like, you know, spots on lakes or, but community holes, you pretty good chance you can find out about on there. Um, some things I use on the regular, I use the Navionics app on my phone, which is just an app that gives you contour maps of all the lakes. So you can, sometimes I'll, you know, just scroll around trying to find a new lake and see what kind of depth it's got. If it looks like it's worth fishing. And then I also utilize uh, DNR websites here in Wisconsin. It's a little tougher, um, but you can still go on there and find out information on lakes, like what type of fish is in there. Um, if they did a survey on the lake, you usually have to email your biologist. I have a tough time finding the survey reports otherwise. But they have no problem sending it to you, and you can ask them. Um, I've asked you know different local biologists a lot about lakes here in Wisconsin. Um, in Minnesota, I use Minnesota lake finder on their DNR website. Uh, that's super helpful, super easy to use. And you can find pretty much anything you want to out about the lake, you know, what fish is in there. And then they post other server reports, like what the density of fish is and stuff like that. Um, one platform I haven't used for fishing. I use it for hunting a lot is the Onyx app. Um, I know guys who use it for fishing. I want to start using it a little more, especially for those backwoods lakes, you know, trying to f- figure out how to get back there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's just so many different resources like that on trying to, you know, figure out a lake to go to. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm going to touch on one thing because I think a lot of people forget about this or are almost afraid to use them. But biologists for hunting and fishing, uh, they're a resource that every state has and they're actually really willing and and uh, like to help people out as long as you don't call them or or email them when they're the busiest, they're just an absolute wealth of information. Oh yeah, 100%. I mean, I agree, it's super underutilized and I've used it a ton, especially here in Wisconsin. And 
when I spent a little time working in the UP of Michigan, um, I contacted them up there as well. And they're, they, you know, they're more than willing to help you out. They're glad mm-hmm. to help you out and try to get yeah, you. Yeah, they enjoy it. I, I right. would say I'd caution people to use them if they're going to try to use them at high times um, because then they're getting swamped. That's the, you know. Yeah, and I'd also say, you know, the biologists aren't going to know spots or anything like that, but they're going to know what's in the lake. And, you know, like if it's, say you want to go fish for walleyes or something, they're going to be able to tell you how many walleyes per acre or whatever in that lake mm-hmm. to see, you know, if it's worth fishing or not. I mean, they'll give you that type of information. I mean, they're not necessarily going to know spots or give you spots, but. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So definitely something to keep in mind if you are looking for uh, a resource that who's super knowledgeable. I know it, we talked about Facebook a little bit and and that can start to be a double-edged sword because so many people have so many different opinions or expert to themselves and you know calling that biologist you're going to get somebody that actually knows the waters actually knows the lakes and knows what they're talking about right i agree and on the facebook thing too you're right it is a double-edged sword especially i notice it in the ice fishing industry more than anywhere else is people bash you you know they have no problem throwing hate out there on you which scares people away from posting and asking questions which is a shame in my opinion because I love helping people out. If I see someone's got a question on an ice fishing group, you know, I'm going to jump on there and comment mm-hmm. and try to help them out. Yeah. Is there any ice fishing groups that you could or would recommend that are decent for people on Facebook? Any off the top of your head? Off the top of my head, I know I use Ice Junkies Outdoors uh, quite a bit. And I think there's uh, Ice Fish Minnesota, I believe, or something along those lines. And then there's something, I believe, in a Wisconsin version of that, too, that I follow and utilize all three of them. Uh, Ice Junkies is definitely the most used. And then do a lot of those. I know we got Facebook Marketplace, and I know that the Facebook rules for selling stuff, especially when it comes to hunting and fishing, are kind of hanky. Do they sell a lot of things on some of these pages, use stuff, or are they all kind of forum-based? There's some pages that sell stuff. Um, I think there's like an ice fishing for sale and trade that I'm part of on Facebook. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's there's groups that sell stuff as well. Okay. Um, so now getting back to uh, going even further. So we, now we got our stuff. We, we've picked a couple lakes out, and now we're going to choose a uh, beginner fisher. We're probably going to want to choose what, panfish and maybe some pike fishing? Yeah, I mean, that's probably what I would do, um, especially in Wisconsin. If you're going to, you know, you can fish three lines, so why not, you know, go somewhere where you can maybe jig up some bluegills and crappies or whatever and throw out a few tip-ups, try to get bass and pike. Okay. What what are you looking for 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 that? Uh, you get your your flasher out there. What are you looking for that you think is going to make it a successful fishing trip? And obviously it's fishing. You could have the best, the best water, the best uh, contour in the maps and see a bunch of fish on your flasher and you catch nothing, but what is it? What's the best way to increase your chances? Yeah. So, I mean, let's uh, say we pick Lake A. We're going to go fish Lake A today. And uh, I'm going to stop in at the bait shop, get my bait, you know, get minnows, whatever I need. And the first thing I'm going to do is ask the person working in the bait shop if they've heard about any, you know, good bites out there, um, what people have been catching, you know, just the reports. And uh, then I'm going to. Especially if I've, you know, if I'm new to ice fishing, don't know this lake at all, say I've never fished it before, even in the summer. I'm going to ask them if they have any general idea on areas to, you know, go check out or anything. Um, so that's the first thing I'm going to do is pick the person working at the bait shop, pick their brain. And then uh, once I get to the lake, depending on 
snow kind of um i'm gonna look for where old holes are um or like some spots some lakes you know just have big community spots where say it's like a hundred acre bay that's full of weeds or something there's going to be people scattered all over i would just either go talk to them or start fishing some you know i wouldn't get real close to them or anything and uh i would start fishing in that area otherwise i'm gonna if i'm pan fishing looking for say gills and pike and bass I'm going to see if the lake has any areas that look like would be good weedy bays or like a weed point that sticks out. And I'm going to try to find that weed edge. So I'm just going to start drilling holes from shallow to deep and see if there's weeds there. And if there are, see where those weeds stop and kind of go from there and set up on that weed line. Mm-hmm. And it, if you're successfully catching panfish, is how much different is that going to be if you want to successfully catch some pike as well? You can usually catch them both in the same spot. I mean, setups are going to be different, obviously. I'd be putting sucker minnows or shiner minnows on a tip-up for pike and bass. And, you know, on that weed edge or maybe into the weeds a little bit. And then I'm going to be fishing pockets in the weeds if I can find pockets in the weeds for the gills or on that weed line. Depending on how tall the weeds are, I'll fish in the weeds a little bit too. Okay. And now probably getting into just a touch more advanced, still pretty basic. We want to fish for some walleye. What are we, what are we going to look for strategy? Are we going to change for, I guess for walleye fishing, there's a lot more you can look for, um, depending on the lake, especially like you can catch walleyes on rock, weed, wood, mid lake structure of some sort, you know, so there's a lot more areas to look at. Um, but say we're fishing 500 acre lake. That's just like a big bowl. There's not much for structure around the edges of the lake. Then there's a few mid-lake humps, you know, that's, mm-hmm. I'm going to go check those out. Um, that's probably where I'm going to start. Or if there's a point coming out from shore, I'm going to fish the break at that point. Uh, you know, maybe the inside turn or maybe far out on the point. Try to find, depending on the lake, if it's super clear lake, I like fishing a little deeper, 12 to 20 feet. Uh, if it's got a little more stain to it, I like to start shallower. Um, and stained water, especially on flowages here in Wisconsin, I'm fishing as shallow as four feet for walleyes. Um, but otherwise typically that six to 10 foot range, 12 foot range, um, weed lines, if you're on weeds, fish the weed lines. I don't, on the lakes that I fish, I don't typically do good in the weeds. It's always not right on that weed line. Um, and then rocks, I don't, you know, just find a good rocky shore rock bar or something and set up on, you know, that 10 to 14 foot range. All right. All right. Anything else that you can think of that people are going to need or tips or tricks or anything for somebody that's just getting into ice fishing and they want to get out there and and at least be semi-successful their first year one thing i'll say is don't be afraid to ask questions um i wouldn't go out there asking people for spots you know people are typically pretty protective over their spots as am i um but I'm, i'll send you in the general area you know i'll give you know if you came and asked me i'm not just going to be like well just have fun good luck you know i'm going to try to point you in the right direction but i mean don't be afraid to utilize your resources either like your biologist uh one thing i do too if i get checked by a game warden out on the lake i'm gonna ask how the other people have been doing that he's been checking um just for you know a little extra insight on maybe some more spots to go try um but yeah just talk to people uh use social media to an extent you know social media like you said is double-edged sword and then uh get on those forums and you're going to be able to find find some stuff 
Yeah. So, so if people want to ask you some questions, they can go to our Facebook page. We got a Seek Adventure Facebook page. They can send us a message. Uh, we check that pretty regularly. You'd be willing to respond and give some tips, tricks. And uh, like you said, we're not going to give anybody a, hey, you need to go to this lake at this spot at this time and you're going to be successful. But right. we'll give you some ideas. Yeah. Uh, shoot us a message on Facebook or uh, DM us on Instagram. We got an Instagram page as well. Um, or, you know, if, uh, you can look me up on my personal pages, send me a message there and I'm going to help you out. You know, I, I love helping people out, try to even make sure you send me pictures and I'll give you all the info I can. Yeah. Pictures are, if you are successful and we helped you in any way, please send us some pictures of your success. That's awesome for us to hear. So 